Welcome to the Lose Weight, Live Life podcast. If you're a female professional or entrepreneur who would do anything to lose weight, yet finds it impossible to stick to a diet, to eat less, or just what you think you should, this podcast is for you. I am your host, Certified Life and Weight Coach, Claire McKenzie. Listen in to learn how to stop overeating, lose weight for the last time, and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love all without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi, everyone, and a very warm welcome to podcast episode number 75. Now, that feels quite a milestone. I cannot believe I've been coming on here to chat with you for more than 75 weeks. Also, the podcast passed another milestone last month when it surpassed 50,000 downloads, putting it in the top 2.5% of all podcasts globally. And if you haven't already, then I would be ever so grateful if you could rate or review this podcast. Now, I know most of you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That's number two, according to my statistics. So if you're on Apple, please do give me a star ranking and leave a review. Or if you're listening on Spotify, then please do just give me a star rating. This is a new capability on Spotify, but there's no option to leave a review. And I would be incredibly grateful if you would do that. Um, By ranking and reviewing this podcast, you will be increasing its visibility on the podcast apps bit like a Google search result. It will appear close to the top and be more visible so more people can find it and more people can get help with their weight loss journey. And it really is a win-win and it takes less than probably a minute of your time. And I need to increase my star average on Apple because when I looked a few months ago, someone gave the podcast rating a one star. Feeling a little disappointed, imagine my surprise when I found it was me. I guess when I first launched it, I tested how to rank the podcast so that I could tell others what they needed to do and inadvertently gave myself a lonely one star. Oh well, never mind, that's just what happens sometimes. Anyway, today I am talking to you all about non-food nourishment. This came up in a call this week where we focused on emotional eating inside the Lose Weight Live Life Academy as a part for the 10-week Food for Thought program that we're currently doing. And I was talking about how some of us only tend to stop, and by that I mean literally push the pause button on our busy lives when we eat. We're either actively on the go or we're just busy doing anything, whatever it is, whether it's for work or for family or for social obligations or administration stuff or taking care of the home, that we only ever stop when we eat. And I think the last two years, and yes, it really has been two years, I think the last two years of COVID has exacerbated the problem because for some of us, our only downtime was our daily commute. And we've lost that now. Many of us have anyway. And this came up in conversation with a client this week, and I could certainly relate. My driving time or my time when I was on the train and walking, when I was commuting into London, was really sort of a small moment of time during my day where I could just sit and stare out of the window or listen to music or a podcast. It felt like a break and helped with the transition, almost allowing a little reset, if you like, between work and home life and back again. And what I experienced myself, especially when my children were younger, and what I hear so many of you sharing with me now, is that you find yourself reaching for food because you are depleted, drained, worn out, however you're thinking of it, 
and telling yourself you deserve the food. But often what you're wanting or telling yourself you deserve is not the food, even though it may feel like it is in the moment. It is the escape, the break, the moment of peace that food gives you. You see, of course, we're so used to being busy and being on all of the time. I listened to another podcast this week. It was a business podcast. It's called The Joyful Marketing Podcast by Simone Searle. And Simone talked about how she didn't respond to most of the people who contacted her by choice. Now, this was quite shocking to me. Whilst I appreciate I may not always respond to people, and I'm particularly bad on some social media channels, out of pure incompetence and not always seeing the message, I do do my best on trying to respond to everyone in a timely manner. And when I don't, I feel I've let them down, myself down as well, just a little tiny bit. It's something I strive to do. It feels like the right thing to do for me of what I believed is a better thing to do. But listening to Simone's podcast, I have to say that she had a really good point to make, which was highlighting the impact technology has had so that we are now, all of us, contactable in our lives through many, many multiple channels simultaneously, literally every second of the day. It's useful to reflect that it's literally only been the smallest of slice in time of our human existence on Earth that this has been possible. It really is not that long ago that the only way to contact people was to travel to see them. Or again, even in more recent times, when looking at it from a timeline perspective, to even write to them. It's just another example of how our body, brain, mind and emotions are struggling to keep pace with life as it is today because of what we are constantly being bombarded with. When you look at it like that, I think at least, it makes sense that we need to change our behaviour. We need to change our perception on what is and isn't right based on how we were raised or society as it has been for much of our life because we're in, living in a different age right now. We're living in a different world right now. And of course, there are parallels to our need to adapt to our behaviour with regards to how we eat to also ensure we're thriving in the world as it is today. So given that this world we live in today presents more challenges than ever when it comes to being busy, taking a moment out, finding peace, all those things that were maybe at some point taken for granted by some previous generations, we must recognise that we need to adapt our beliefs and change what we think, believe, feel and do about creating time for ourselves in our lives. It's not a luxury. It is fundamental to our basic well-being. The busy badge is not one of, and I've fallen foul of this myself in the past, I believed that doing all the things somehow meant I was doing good, doing the right thing. That somehow even, and I cringe a little as I think this now, that doing more things, mostly things for other people, whether at home or work, somehow made me better, more worthy, more capable, or even more valuable as a person. And even though I can still feel the pull of that belief, I don't quite believe it now. And I don't know if this is just age and wisdom or if it's a shift that we're seeing in society or if it's just that the effects of our permanently 24-7 can-do attitude is becoming oh so evident from how it's reflected and our mental and physical health that it's a challenge. It's not working for us. And of course, being busy is not the only reason you may be lacking in non-food nourishment. Other examples look like you simply not enjoying taking time out and taking care of you. You maybe don't know how to do it. Maybe you just simply don't know how to be any different to who, how you are because you've been following the example set by your parents or early caretakers. You maybe have mixed messages about how taking time out or taking care of you will put you under more pressure or require more of you than it gives back. And I'm sure there are many others. If you suspect you are falling foul of the reaching for food because you're busy or just not nourishing yourself, then it's time to get curious about it. 
Observe yourself as you go about your day. How are you feeling? What are you saying to yourself? How do these thoughts and feelings impact your eating habits? Often, when we look closely, we can see patterns of eating during transition periods of going from doing one thing right to doing another without a break. We can see eating during periods where we finally flop at the end of the day, even if this is 9pm, 10pm or later at night. I'm an early night person, so I haven't got the midnights and early hours of the morning there, but I know it will be for some of you. We may see eating to reward or treat ourselves for the difficulties we've experienced throughout the day. So what's the what, when, where and how of non-food nourishment? So first, what constitutes non-food nourishment? Well, it could be really so many things, from holidays to two-minute moments, from spending money getting a spa treatment to looking out of the window and taking deep, three deep breaths. Here are a few possibilities. Five minutes standing outside, soaking up the sun, or even standing barefoot on the grass in the rain. Going for a walk, listening to music, cuddling or stroking a pet, cuddling or stroking a loved one, getting your hair or nails done, either taking time for you at home or at a salon, listening to music, reading a book, sitting with a cup of tea or coffee, meditating, exercising, doing something creative like drawing, colouring, painting or knitting, journaling, if you're here will know I'm a big advocate of that, singing and or dancing, watching a good movie, phoning a friend, shopping, those sort of oils and diffusers, aromatherapy, massage, meditating, um, intentional breathing, even just using the Breathe app. Of course, the list is endless. There are so many possibilities. So having considered the what, let's look at when. Well, I think an ethos of non-food nourishment sprinkled throughout your day is certainly better than a big grand holiday once in a while. So when I'm talking about the when, I'm talking about multiple times a day, taking a little non-food nourishment for yourself, even if that is two minute stints spread throughout the day, maybe five times throughout the day, leading to 10 minutes. I promise it will make a difference. Now, the where is absolutely anywhere, literally, even stood in a queue waiting. You have the option of ruminating about what your work colleagues should or should not have said and the impact it will have on the team. Or you can be taking three minutes of intentional breathing for yourself. Even doing your housework, you could be tensely doing it whilst you battle the background, maybe incantations of your to-do list in your head, or you could be putting on some music that has you lifting your energy and feeling great and singing as you hoover. And like everything, changing what you do without changing what you're thinking and feeling will be tricky at best, pointless at worst. And that's really the crux of the how. It's thinking thoughts and believing it's worth it and that you're worthy. And that at least to start with, it's about taking intentional practice until like everything, it becomes your new normal and just a part of who you are. Remember that so much of our day takes place below our own radar. What I mean by that is on a very habitual level, or we might think about it as being on autopilot. And so we must interrupt operating in our very low level of awareness pattern to embed the new ways of thinking, of doing and of being. And there are a couple of things we can do to help us with that. One is habit stacking, where we attach the new habit we want to create an existing habit. We attach the new habit that we want to an existing habit, so that becomes a part of that pattern. This is an example of this is like Mal Robbins high-fiving herself in the mirror each morning when she cleans her teeth. And by the way, I do thoroughly recommend her book, The High Five Habit, that came out last year. It fits really well with what I share on this podcast and the work that we do inside of the Lose Weight Live Life Academy. 
Um, a second thing that can be useful to help you embed your new habits is to use a visual reminder um, or and something you can touch as well. So we call that an anchor. Maybe you have a favorite necklace or a ring and you can use it to draw a connection of when you sort of maybe absentmindedly touch it or you see it in the mirror to remind you of what it is that you want to do for yourself, what your non-food nourishment habits are that you're wanting to create. Changing what you think looks like you intentionally deciding what non-food nourishment appeals to you and then planning how you want to incorporate it into your life and importantly being clear on your reasons why. Our brains are resistant to change so you're going to want to remind yourself of what you want to do and why every single day. You need to really sort of give good reasons to your brain as to why it's important. And you're going to allow the things that make it difficult for you to come up. The challenges, the excuses, and the other things that you must just do that are going to get in your way. You want to allow them to come up so that you can create a library of responses to match your library of reasons. Journaling is an excellent way to get this process out of your head and down onto paper, which gives you so much more perspective on what you're wanting to achieve and what's going on for you. So let's just circle back to this, the point of doing this. The more non-food nourishment we give ourselves, the easier it is to think and feel better, the less we are going to be habitually turning to food to give us something to feel better when what we're really wanting is just not to feel drained or worn out, not to feel exhausted or burdened, bored or unloved, uncared for or unworthy. We don't need others in our lives or our work or our home situation or anything to change to not find ourselves needing to turn to food to feel better. All we must do is think and feel differently. And thinking and feel differently about ourselves and our lives is so much easier when we're in the habit of giving ourselves non-food nourishment. Okay, so thank you again for listening. If you find these podcasts useful, please do give them a rating and or a rating and review if you're listening on Apple. It will help me spread the word that restrictive dieting is not the answer to finding food freedom and there is so much more useful and helpful things that you can be doing for yourself to create that relationship with food that you love. And I look forward to chatting with you again next week. Take care. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life, lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love, then I would be honored to be your coach. There are two ways that you can work with me. You can join my monthly membership program, My One Life Academy, that gives you self-paced learning, supported by twice weekly live calls and a whole lot more. Or you can join the waiting list for my next six month, lose weight, live life, group coaching, mastermind intensive. Go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching to find out all the details.